Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. Find me on Twitter at AlexPadilla86. He's Alex Regler at AlexMRegler on Twitter. Alex, how you doing on a Tuesday, man? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, we're sitting here on a Tuesday afternoon, and I feel like it's been a very newsy day. Uh, well, rumor day for the Lakers. It's a. Uh, I'm glad we're recording <laughs> later, but it still doesn't feel late enough because I feel like things have been changing all day with the Lakers today, specifically with their head coach Frank Vogel. Yeah, and it, you know it, it just speaks volumes of the season because they're coming off probably their biggest win of the year and then you wake up to a story about uh frank vogel's job security and his status going forward and uh yeah i think it just paints a picture of the inconsistency of this year yeah it's been uh it's been okay well let's just stay specifically to today we can obviously talk about the year and what it's been coming off the biggest win probably of the season last night for the lakers by the way beating the jazz and literally as we sit here uh maybe a reason why <laughs> they were able to win. Not a laughing matter, but uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reports that Donovan Mitchell suffered a concussion last night in the second quarter of the game against the Lakers, and he was experiencing symptoms tonight. So that's a weird thing, because I'm pretty sure he finished that game, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's literally just got tweeted out as we speak. But talking about that game, um, the reason that we do is because it seems as though that game might have saved Frank Vogel. Early this morning, a report from Sam Amick and Bill Oram of The Athletic revealed that Frank Vogel is on the hot seat and is being evaluated game to game. So that was this morning. That was the news that we got. Uh, Pretty weird timing, if you ask me. Um, You know, we've heard about turning points could this be the turning point? Could this be the turning point? Could that be the turning point for Russell Westbrook with the dunk or this and that? And yesterday just felt a little different uh, than other turning points because it was such a team victory, in my opinion. Then this report comes out, and it's just like, all right, what are we doing here? Like, what do you mean you were about to fire him, but the win against the Jazz saved him? Did this report, and we'll get to the next report, but did this specific report make any sense to you? Um, Like... The time, I, I think so. It, the it was the timing of it. of it, right? Like, if this came out after the Denver game, I, I think obviously it'd be a lot more uh, understanding why and why and when that report comes out. But also, like, um, reporters and, and, and stuff like that, they, they get their news stories, and sometimes they don't publish um, their sources or what they're hearing right away, right? They kind of like to sit on it and see what develops first. And I, I don't know when and why the athletic guys chose to publish that article. And because it is kind of weird, like you said, that the timing comes right after the Lakers won that game and stuff like that. But um, before the game, Frank Vogel had uh, media availability that he usually does every game. And I I was part of that. And I can tell, like, his tone was a bit off that like in that media availability he, he was talking a lot about how much work he and the coaches put into preparation and he just answered a lot of questions about the pressure he was feeling and and stuff like that so it already felt before the game that there was like this tension i at least got from from vogel's answers and 
um, even the reporters asking him that something was probably up. So I didn't really catch me totally off guard, but um, the timing, yeah, it, it just felt a little weird. Yeah, and then I believe you had two coaches, Phil Handy and Mike Penberthy, both put the same picture on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. Penberthy saying, great win tonight, boys. Love working with the whole staff. Still got some work to do. So kind of put all the pieces together. Maybe there was rumblings already. I'm sure Frank wasn't going to be blindsided by this. Um, you know, when you only get a one-year extension, I think you're coaching for your job anyways. That's the way I look at mm-hmm. it. So here's the exact report uh, for the way it's read. By the time the Lakers and Jazz tipped off on Monday night, Vogel was coaching for his job after he narrowly avoided being fired in the wake of the 37-point loss in Denver 48 hours earlier. Had a scene like that repeated itself against the Jazz, many believed it would have been Vogel's last game. Um, It keeps on going. Vogel is being evaluated on a game-to-game basis and remains at risk of being fired soon if the progress doesn't continue. It's unclear how much Monday's win relieved the pressure that surrounds him. Uh, that is from The Athletic. That was published earlier this morning. And, um, yeah, my, Mark Stein confirmed the report. But then, at about 3.07 this afternoon, only about, for, for transparency purposes, only about an hour ago, Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times says, Breaking. There are no current plans to replace Frank Vogel, per a source with the knowledge of the situation. More details slash story coming later. Mm. So as we sit here, as we record this, that's what we got. Uh, no one's followed up on this. I, I, as, as far as I can see, uh, we, you know, we're sitting here refreshing Twitter just to make sure that we're, we're on top of it as we're recording. And there's nothing else. So choose what you want to believe. But all points to me, like, listen. Dan Wojcicki's report, yeah, there's no current plans to fight to replace Frank Vogel. That doesn't mean that that won't change if they go and get blown out by the Pacers tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I don't they, think anything yeah. changed from the morning. Unless we get more details from Dan Wojcicki that is like a quote from Rob Palinka that says, I am not going to fire Frank Vogel. I don't think that the report from this morning is that hard to believe. No. And, and, and yeah, like you said, I – obviously as of now as of last game you're not gonna fire frank vogel like you're gonna wait if you're gonna fire him wait for a loss wait for a blowout loss wait for something to to kind of give the indication or kind of like show why you're letting him go you're not gonna do it after the best win of the season so um i understand like where that source is coming from where that quote is coming from um and to go back to like your recent point like kyle goon also wrote today in his like little newsletter that I guess that the relationship has been kind of rocky all year and that um, a source kind of said it was because of that only one year extension in the off season. And yeah, so I, it, it just always got off to a bad footing, right? Uh, right when that contract was given out, we kind of realized that Vogel either this year or in the summer, it felt like at some point he probably wasn't going to be the head coach of the Lakers and it's a lot of, honestly a lot of stuff has happened like both on his both like at, at his like hands and from the front office hands that have caused the Lakers to be where they're at but it is interesting to see how like all this is starting to develop out in the media like we're getting sources from both sides now right so those were the reports today now here's my thoughts on the whole thing uh, on my on my radio show Alex that I do daily um, we had George Sedano on today and he said it perfectly which I don't think is a surprise to many Um there's got to be a fall guy, mm-hmm. and that's Frank Vogel. You're, you're, unfortunately, when 
what are you going to do? You know, you're, are you really going to be able to trade Russell Westbrook and get things back? Not sure. Are you really going to like mortgage the little bit of future that you have and trade THT for an expiring, you know, contract? Maybe, you know, I, I know that a lot of us are proponents of that, but Rob Polinka is not going to fire himself. Genie Bus is not going to fire Rob Polinka two weeks before the trade deadline or however long is remaining. So if things continue to go bad, because it, it looked awful. I mean, let's be real. It, it looked awful when they played Denver. And as much as I disagree with the premise of firing Vogel is going to do anything, because who are you bringing in or who are you promoting? Are you going to promote David Fisdale? He doesn't have a, a track record of success as a head coach in the NBA. Phil Handy? Are you going to bring somebody else and then bring in a whole new system halfway through the season? Uh, to me, that makes no sense. I think you stick with what you got. You let Frank work his way out of it. You let Anthony Davis attempt to get healthy. Rob Polinka, go do your job and, and make a better roster. And then you go from there. So the idea of firing Frank Vogel right now, unless this is, you know, GM LeBron, makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like none at all. Like I don't see a positive in it. Not, not one single positive do I see in firing Frank Vogel. It's tough, like because, like you said, there's there's not much they can do outside of firing Frank, right? Like in terms of trying to flip a switch or in terms of trying to like turn the season around, outside of making a big blockbuster trade, which is gonna be really difficult given what they have available to use, the assets they have, the draft capital they have, um, the young players they have, all that uh, mentioned. Like it's besides firing their head coach, there's not much they can do. So I understand it from that perspective it, it, it may feel a little um risky and it may feel a little like forced and it may feel like a team that's desperate to do something but uh, i don't know like this this tension has been building all off season and like if it wasn't going to happen now it's going to ha- happen in the summer so i kind of get it from a perspective like we have to do something and we're not committed to frank long term so it's either going to happen now and maybe we can evaluate the next guy. Maybe if it's a Fisdale, maybe if it's a Handy, maybe if it's an outside guy, um, maybe they do well and they have at least a half a season to kind of gauge what they're able to do with the roster or not do. But I, I just think at some point, I don't think Frank Vogel is going to be the head coach of the Lakers. So it's either going to be a now thing or a later thing. So I, I don't know. It's a tough spot for both sides. Um, I mean, I just think the conversation, like I, I don't, I don't get it. I think Rob Polinka has made a just a mess, a disaster of a roster. And just because it had names, expectations were sky high. Uh, but if I remember correctly, Alex, uh, Frank Vogel led this team to a championship. Uh, if I remember correctly, Frank Vogel led this team to the number one defense without Anthony Davis and without LeBron James for how many games did AD play last year? 36 games he played last year. LeBron played 45. Uh, and then what did Palinka do? He traded away all those assets for Russell Westbrook. So if we're going to play the blame game, I and I'm not sure if anybody would agree with me on this, but if I had to make my choice, and I know it's not it's not how the world works because Frank Vogel has a boss and Palinka has is higher than, you know, that happens to be Frank Vogel's boss. I'm taking Vogel over Palinka. <laughs> uh so I mean that's the thing like Vogel like no one's been put like in an ideal situation this year not the players not the coaching staff uh, not a lot of people and the roster obviously has its flaws but so all the injuries impacted that we still haven't seen the roster 
as it was supposed to look. The COVID hit literally everyone, including Frank. So it's never he's never been in a situation where it's going to be like for him at the best spot to optimize his strengths as a coach, right? Like they took away all the defenders, and and that's that's obviously going to impact his the way he approaches his coaching. And but at the same time, as a coach, you have to be a little bit more flexible. And I I don't think he's totally innocent in terms of some of the things that have happened this year. I'm not saying it's all his fault or he deserves to be fired or anything, but there are, I think, like key things we can point to and say, like, he probably should have done that better or we need to start doing this better. How much of the uh, so I think a lot of people's issue with Frank Vogel is his rotations. Would you agree with me on that? I would say his rotations and also some of like starting I lineups. Def- <laughs> I, but all some of the defense's choices. Like if you're going to go small, why are you not switching more? Like that's something. Yeah. And and it wasn't even his choice to go small to begin with. That was Fizdale. Fizdale's the guy who's like, we're going to start LeBron and center tonight. Mm-hmm. And then Frank Vogel came back and said, you know what? We watched the tape and we liked what that looked like. It's going to be a staple going forward. So we might not even have gotten that if, you know, Fizdale wasn't the temporary coach. It's just, I, I think there's, like, pros and cons, obviously. And it's tough when you fire a coach midseason. Like, the, the chances of that working out is, is are pretty rare. Like, outside of Atlanta last season, um, it, it doesn't really work out. I would say that uh, the writing should have been on the wall for us when Palinka traded Rondo. We should have known. <laughs> like we should have known like that's that was Vogel's guy that was Vogel's guy in the locker room that was his mouthpiece in the locker room and pretty random trade wouldn't you say no I I, I don't think it was I like, you think you it was expecting? like a message sent to Vogel yeah, yeah. honestly <laughs> really yeah like I, maybe like I mean, this is step one like first of all your guy's gone and if you keep sucking you're gone so <laughs> that's definitely what I think you think yeah listen man I mean, I don't know. What, I, I genuinely don't. What do they do with their roster spot? Is this the Stanley Johnson roster spot? I don't even know. I mean, it could be. Or, yeah, or, or it could be part empty? of the trade deadline later on. Right. Who knows? Right. So it wasn't like they got anything back in return for Rondo except the roster spot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was a message. I mean, I don't know. It could be. I I, I would have put it past Rob Polinka. I don't um, think Rob Polinka is the easiest guy to work with. I don't. I mean, Magic Johnson sure. said yeah. he quit to tweet, but. I mean, I just don't think he wanted to work with Polinka anymore, and we can make our jokes about it, but uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I'm losing faith in Polinka pretty quickly. You know, I think back-to-back off-seasons of questionable moves, this one more than, than, than any. And, I listen, you get a lot of leeway because you won a championship, and I think that's kind of where I'm leaning with Vogel. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you just made a roster that could actually do things like that a current basketball team should do, Maybe Vogel would be as successful as he was. I mean, Alex, you're the one that always tells me, like, you think if Anthony Davis didn't get hurt, they would have beat the Suns last year. I mean, yeah, I I don't think like you know I like, would say like are we we're 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 cool with it just because of COVID and injuries and 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 Russell Westbrook. Like, I don't know. I don't blame that on Frank. I just don't. I'm not saying that he's perfect. By the way, I I, I know I'm sounding like that. I'm yeah. Vogel has his flaws, but I just don't agree with the midseason firing. I just don't. That's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm not going to advocate for him, for anyone to get fired or for him to get fired. And and, and you're right. Like, I, I thought the Lakers would have beat the Suns last year. And that's why I kind of, like, push back still a little bit on the roster being so, like, unsavable or unsalvageable. Like, we haven't seen the roster as it's supposed to look like. 
Like, we've had Isaiah Thomas in the, ro- the rotation, Stanley Johnson. Avery Bradley wasn't even on the team until, like, the last day of training camp and stuff like that. So, Kendrick Nunn has yet to play a game. Anthony Davis has missed a ton of time. Like, we. Trevor Reza has not been what you thought he was. Wayne Ellington never corrects the lineup. Yeah. Kendrick Nunn's been hurt completely. Uh, but you have guys out of necessity that Polinka brought in, like Stanley Johnson, who's outperforming every all of his expectations. Yes. You have. Austin Reeves, who yes. has been one of the very few highlights of the season. Avery Bradley has been serviceable. When we were talking about the Lakers roster this season, we never thought those three names no. would be part of it. So that's kind of where I'm at. Like You're looking at Melo, who's been hurt, but he's been up and down, very good at home. Uh, like I said, Ariza has not been living up to expectations. And you're seeing, like, I mean, were we really going to count on Ariza to be our wing guy? Like, were we really just going to have him turn back the clock? It So, I don't know. Like, has Russell Westbrook panned out? So, I, I wonder how much of this, like, I don't know how long the front office has, like, or Frank Vogel has been on the hot seat. Like, I'm not sure what the turning point was. Maybe he was on the hot seat to start the year, but that contract extension, they were just waiting for him to kind of struggle, and then they would let him go or, or whatever. But I, they might, I don't, I don't know if the conversations are, is he the coach to get the most out of this right. team, out of this roster? Has he optimized this team, what he has? Obviously, it's not optimal. Like, it's not an ideal roster for him or any coach. But, like, him personally, is he doing the most to get this team uh, playing at the level that they should be playing? Right. Because a lot of the questions pre-game yesterday uh, t- towards Frank Vogel were how the team could be better in terms of being more consistent, in terms of, like, their energy level and usually when a team isn't playing with energy or or they look like they're like just not giving 100 percent effort that that speaks volumes about the coach i i think and i think he got kind of defensive about that and he brought up how hard he and the coaching staff are working so i feel like there's a disconnect somewhere mm-hmm. and i'm not sure if um where how this gets solved i think like, I, I think the, we know where this is going to lead right i a i agree with you i think it's either now or in the summer he's gone even he could be one of the few guys like i know there's been a couple maybe I, maybe i'm just speaking out of term like i could even see him winning a championship and still being fired that's how toxic i think <laughs> it is um but you hit the nail Look, that, i was gonna say like if like how, what happens if they win like five in a row right well, you hit the nail on the head, man. At the end of the day, it's a basis question. It is like a fundamental question. Does Rob Palenka think that Frank Vogel is the guy to get the best out of this roster? I don't think that Rob Palenka thinks that. Would you agree with that? I I, I think I agree with that, yeah. Was David Fisdale the guy to bring the best out of this roster? Is Phil Handy the guy? Or is there somebody else out there that you're bringing in? That's, where that's I, the question. That's we don't where know. I, and I think that's why he's not fired yet. Because I don't think that there is a guy out there that's going to come in and do like an exponentially better job. Let me ask you this, because we're uh, we're talking about Vogel, but it also is a Palinka conversation in my opinion. So let me just run through the new guys that Palinka brought in. You tell me a very simple question: Has it worked out so far? How okay. about that? Okay. Every new guy, Carmelo. Yes. Same. Ariza. No. No. Bazemore. No. No. Bradley. Yes. Yes. Ellington. Uh, I, I guess not. No. I say no. I'm going to frame it this way. 
and you could take offense to it, but I'm going to frame it this way. Picking THT over Caruso. I see. I don't, I don't know if it was ever an either or, but uh, obviously <laughs> THT has, has struggled this year. Yeah. Uh, I would say he's the only one I'm not going to be too crazy on because he's only played about like 90 career games. So uh, plus he's the most tradable person on this team. So I will say mm-hmm. yes to THT. Uh, Dwight Howard. I say yes. Uh, yeah, I'll say yes. I mean, my expectations were mid-level, and he's probably a little less than mid But anyways, for me, yes. Um, DeAndre Jordan. No. No. Malik Monk. Yes. Definitely yes. Kendrick Nunn. Who knows? Obviously <laughs> not, though, right? I mean, I... we'll have an update about him here in a second. Austin Reeves. Yes. Clearly. And Russell Westbrook. Uh... I don't know. I say no. Only because okay. I don't think Russell Westbrook has he's had the opportunity for a very long time this season to be the number two guy. And he has not elevated this team. And you can you know, we always talk about empty stats with Russell Westbrook. I've heard somebody say LeBron's producing empty stats. He his he's having stats of that he hasn't had in a very long time and they're not winning. I'd kind of put that on Russ. I don't know. I just don't see him elevating the Lakers. But anyways, of all those guys I listed, we got about two or three yeses. So, you know. But, like, a lot of that, too, like, those guys have never, have not been healthy together, right? Or or have missed, or when they have played, like, there's been no AD out there. Like, I wonder how much better one of those, or one or two of those guys would have looked at just having AD out there instead so- of... So if we're gonna Carmelo give, at center. So if we're gonna give that leeway to Polinka, why can't Polinka give that leeway sure. to Vogel? Sure. No, and that's that's definitely fair. Right. So <sighs> that's what's happening but in Lakerland today, the, Alex. The roster that that roster you, you read off. Like the more you read off that roster, like we can go down each of those players and ask if that's a guy Frank Vogel would even, want on his even team. Even wanted. Yeah. Right. Like, is that a Frank Vogel player? Right. And obviously, they that's the thing. They built this roster for a different coach. That's not a Frank Vogel roster. That's mm-hmm. why, it, like, a lot of this doesn't surprise me. Well, uh, how about we switch this to some optimism here, Alex? Because according mm-hmm. to Dan Wojcicki and Broderick Turner of the LA Times, according this is directly from the LA Times, according to people with knowledge of the situation, there's optimism that Anthony Davis could return during the team's upcoming six-game road trip. How about that? That's huge. That's like massive, that, that's, right? That's huge. I, 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 th- one of the issues with the Lakers, like I think the last month or so, while they've transformed into this small ball team, is what did they do when LeBron sits? And one of the things they did yesterday was they started big. They went to Dwight and Ariza, and that starting lineup was horrible. And yeah. uh, when I can't they went believe small. He took Monk out of the starting lineup like, Come on, Frank. Yeah, uh, it, it very it very much felt like all right. If you guys can't like play defense, we're just going to go all defense here, and then that lineup just didn't work offensively, of course. Mm-hmm. And then the small ball lineups did, but I think with AD coming back, they can kind of have the best of both worlds a little bit. They can go big with AD at the five, and then have LeBron off the bench as your as your uh, sole big, and, and and I think the lineups will look a lot better. And we won't have to kind of resort to these weird Be a little bit Carmelo more at center lineups. Yeah. yeah. So just in terms of like a lineup, like 
formation. That that's going to be a big help, and obviously, just having AD. We we talked about Westbrook as like him not having the best time as a second option. Well, he was brought in to be the third option, right? He he mm-hmm. was supposed to be behind LeBron and AD. So maybe having him with a little less responsibility might be might be benef- like benefit uh, benefiting him and the team as well. So I don't know. There's multiple things with him coming back that I'm really excited about. Yeah, from yesterday's game, I found it pretty interesting that like the Lakers made their big fourth quarter run with Russell Westbrook on the bench. You know, it started at the end of the third, which was a terrible third quarter for them. And then they only allowed 17 points to Utah. They scored 29. And Russell Westbrook didn't come into the game until I want to say like four minutes, under, maybe under mm-hmm. four minutes left in the fourth quarter. You know, it was Reeves, it was Stanley Johnson. I don't, I forget the rest of the lineup, but I found that very interesting. Did you find that? Like, I feel like Frank was like, I guess I got to put Russ back in here. And then he ended up making a very big play, but yeah, it almost seemed like I actually texted my buddy. I was like, did Russ get hurt? Did I miss it or something? <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that group. And that, again, credit to Vogel. That's one thing that Vogel has kind of always done. Like he stuck with the hot hands, the hot lineups. And he, he wrote that, that lineup and they were doing really well. Like Stanley Johnson was like the hero of that quarter. And yeah, so I wasn't like totally surprised that he wasn't in there, but I, I will be interested to see how he plays alongside LeBron and AD because for all the like things we complain about this team, we still haven't even seen like the big three actually play together for right. what like 10, 10 consecutive games. So right. Well, this is the this is what Frank Vogel said, saying um, everything looked clean on the ER on the. This is according to Ant- for Anthony Davis. Excuse me. Everything looked clean on the MRI and the checkup with the doctors. So he's been cleared for an on court ramp up with contact. Now, that doesn't mean we'll have a timeline. There's still reconditioning and ramp-up of work involved. And now the the report from the LA Times says uh, he could return during the team's upcoming six-game road trip. If you take a look at the Lakers' schedule, they are at home tomorrow against the Pacers. And then they have a six-game road trip. I think I just said that, right? Six-game road trip. Uh, At Orlando, Miami, Brooklyn, Philly, Charlotte, Atlanta, and Portland. Uh, or they're at home for Portland and then on the road technically for the Clippers. So that is the Lakers schedule. Hopefully they do get AD back and we could start to, I mean, we're in the second half of the season. This is the stretch now that it's time to ramp it up and it's time to see what the Lakers really are. Yeah. And, 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 and it, it won't be like some magic pill that Anthony Davis comes in and no. I'm sure it's going to take him some time for himself to get back into it. That, that, I was going to say, that, that's one thing I'm going to be looking for specifically is how like athletic AD looks. Because before the injury, he kind of looked a little slow out there. And some people speculated it was because he put on some more muscle over the offseason and how that maybe impacted his athleticism and his ability to play defense. So after such a like long layoff, I am interested to see how he responds, how his body responds. Because... I mean, they, they desperately need Anthony Davis to be the Anthony Davis from... The bubble. The bubble. Yeah, so they really need to bubble wrap him and make sure yeah. he's okay the rest of the way. But yeah, like you said, they need to start winning some games. And I thought last night was a great first start in that. Uh, not all great news coming from Lakerland and injuries. Kendrick Nunn suffered a setback. Uh, they will be um, taking up or taking down his activity. According to Frank Vogel, his knee didn't respond well to the ramped-up activity. There's no firm timetable on Kendrick's done return. So I, myself, at Alex Padilla, Alex Regla, will not be considering Kendrick Nunn a part of this team going forward. I'm just going to expect the worst. I hope he does come back. I hope he is able to 
but by the time he comes back, who knows what this team's going to look like. So I'm just going to assume, let's stop counting on Kendrick Nunn to come back and do anything. It's it's really hard to, like, yeah. Like, I, every time we think he's close, so we got video of him working out and shooting around, like, okay, he's finally going to be back. And we get that report. And it is very discouraging because, again, that, that he was their MLE signing. He was going to be the guy who was reported to me in the starting lineup even. So... He he was a, he was a big part of what their plans were going to be for the season, and to not see him at all, maybe possibly, um, that's a big blow. And uh, yeah, I think at some point we we as fans probably have to stop kind of like holding out hope for an entirely healthy roster. I think this season has proved that's probably just never going to happen for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. So yeah, it, it it sucks that that might not be the case, but hopefully he can be back for at least maybe twenty twenty five games to see what we have in him. Um, so other than that, Alex, that's, uh, that's the news in Lakerland. Obviously plenty of, um, trade rumors because we're approaching that season now. Uh, one of the possible trade targets for the Lakers was, uh, Turner from the Pacers. But if you read on the news today, uh, Miles Turner looks like he'll be out until after the trade deadline with a stress reaction in his left foot. Yeah, that's never a good sign for a big, right? Like feet problems? No. Yeah, no, those yeah, those just carry over. But yeah, like he, he was one of the guys that has been linked to the Lakers and um in theory does a lot of things the Lakers kinda need, right? He's a great rim protector. He can space the floor. Um he's only I think twenty five the last time I checked on a reasonable contract, so I can see why the Lakers would have been interested in him. So I don't know. I, I, I think Mark Stein said, uh, or uh, it might have been Woj, basically that, you know, obviously the injury will hurt his trade market, but that some teams will m- maybe still be interested in him regardless of that. So we'll see. Um, Miles Turner Lee has led the league in blocks this season and uh, 2019 as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I hear how skeptical I am of anything I read nowadays. The first thing I read was that well obviously that's the first thing i read but the first thing i thought of was well yeah this is a way that they don't have to play him and make sure he actually doesn't get hurt before they trade him i'm guilty of that too (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't think he's hurt at all i think he's just going to be just fine i think this is a a way to rest them until they find a trade partner because they're definitely going to trade him (laughs) i will see i i don't know (laughs) well there is a one final rumor oh not rumor just a update on jeremy grant he is the hottest commodity in the nba it's that simple people Everybody wants him, and I don't know what the Pistons are going to get for him. I don't know if the Lakers even have enough. But according to uh, how many reports have been about Jeremy Grant today, but uh, the Lakers, Blazers, Knicks, Jazz, Wizards, Celtics, and Pacers, Timberwolves, and Kings have all shown interest (laughs) in Jeremy Grant. So if the Kings Kings and Wolves are involved in trades – I mean, for getting a player, imagine like what is actually out. Also, there was a there was a report that the Pistons offered the Sixers, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, Kelly Olynyk, and a first round pick for Ben Simmons. And Daryl Morey was like, "Now nah, we're good." I don't know, man. If I'm the Sixers, I'm like, "Yo, that sounds pretty nice." But I, I don't know not. what the Sixers are uh, looking for Ben Simmons at this point. I, I'm really curious what the eventual trade's going to look like because we've had a lot of um, different reported, like, leaked trade packages, and some, most of them have been, like, 
yeah, I would probably do that if I was Philadelphia. So I, I'm, I don't know what really they're holding out like for. Yeah. Well, uh, it looks like if you want to get Jeremy Grant, you got to give up at least two first round picks or a promising young player and a first round pick. And who knows what the hell else you got to give up. Uh, the way I look at it is if you do get Jeremy Grant, THT is gone and whatever picks the Lakers have are gone too. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, it'll be THT and Kendrick Nunn. Again, that's another thing why Kendrick Nunn not playing is has hurt this team. Like, just strictly from a trade perspective, what if he had a really good year? Right. And all of a sudden, he's young. He's on a good contract. Like, that could have been another trade asset. But and, unfortunately, and the, him not playing hurts that. The Pacers are looking for the same thing for Miles Turner. So, <laughs> there you go, Alex. What a day. What a, I've hit what a refresh. Day. I've hit refresh about 30 times during this podcast. <laughs> And it sucks because they played so well last night, right? Like, what a great, like, what a great game, and like their defense was so good. And like you said, like to get these performances from the guys like Stanley Johnson and Austin Reeves, um, we got that huge dunk from Russell Westbrook. Like, it should have been like celebration, celebration. But then, <laughs> just wow, what a crazy day! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a crazy day. Um, yesterday, I I finished watching the. Well, I didn't finish it because it was such a blow. I finished watching the Rams playoff game, and then I switched over to the Lakers. And my fiance looks at me. She's like, "Why do you even watch that? It's so depressing." <laughs> she's like, "It's so depressing." And I'm like, "I know, I know, but I'm podcasting tomorrow, and I missed the Nuggets game because it was like a Saturday night." And I was like, "I gotta watch it." And it turned out to be like a great game mm-hmm. and fun. Yeah. And the third quarter wasn't so fun. I was like, "Oh, here we go again," you know. But they fought back and and they took a big lead and it was that fourth quarter was maybe the funnest fourth quarter of the season it was great mm-hmm. it was awesome so hopefully more of that <laughs> hopefully more of that hopefully anthony davis comes back how, how about by the next time we even podcast can he come back before or uh, after the the brooklyn game or during the brooklyn game that's the next time we're going to podcast alex after the oh. brooklyn nets game there's a few predictions we can make by the time we uh, podcast next. let's do it then so you got four okay. games Indiana at home, at Orlando, at Miami, at Brooklyn. Miami, by the way. Jeez, they're so good without, like, all their injuries. And they're mm-hmm. still the two seed in the East. Mm-hmm. Orlando's awful, and Brooklyn is very good. Uh, they won't have Kyrie that game, which is good. No Kevin Durant. He's out four to six weeks. So you got James Harden there. Um, we always do a weekly prediction, Alex. I always go negative, so you know what I'm going to do here. What about you? I say they go two and two. They beat Indiana and Orlando? They beat, um, oh, you're right, yeah. Yeah, they beat Indiana, they beat Orlando, and, yep, yeah. What about you? Uh, I got to go negative, right? That's what I do? Mm -hmm. They do okay? No, actually, they did terribly this last time. Um, Two and two sounds right, though, just to be honest with you. Two and two sounds right. Do you Um, think uh, Frank Vogel will be the coach by the time we're I was going to ask you. There's two days off after the road trip so they finish in atlanta they have monday off they have wednesday off and then four technically four home games in a row because they play the clippers is frank vogel still the coach after the road trip i say yes okay what do you think i i mean that's a tough schedule dude it could get ugly didn't the Hawks just beat the Bucks like yesterday too? Like yeah, they looked really good. Yeah, and that's a 10 a.m. game, man. Um, I just hope they. You know what? I just really hope they don't fire him 
and don't let him fly back on the plane from Atlanta. You know, usually when like a coach is about to be fired, uh, you look for a soft part of the schedule to do it. So the next coach, it you know, gets off on a good foot. Yeah. Um, but there's some tough games coming up. I mean, the Lakers don't have a, uh, no. a, a you know soft. Str- I mean, the Blazers and the Clippers, both of those have both of those guys have losing records. Do the Knicks have a losing record right now? No, they're 500. That's three games before you get to Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't know. We're getting to that part of the year where it's going to be a little too late to fire him if you do it. So yeah. that's why I think it, this road trip is very important for yeah. Frank Vogel. Mm-hmm. I really do think like if they don't fire him after that road trip, I think he stays. Yeah, like say, if AD, say AD comes back and they they kind of click and they figure things out, and even if they lose games, at least it's like really competitive, and they look like they're moving in the right direction. I I kind of find it hard to believe they fire him, but if they say they lose to Orlando, like they lost to Denver. Uh, yeah, I, I can see it happening. All right. Well, Alex, uh, follow Alex at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Uh, I, I see you always like tweeting some, some great stuff, man. So keep it up and go follow Alex. And if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed yet, it's not just us on this podcast network. There is a show every day about the Lakers on this podcast network. So subscribe wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever we're there, subscribe and hook it up. Uh, I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86. Alex, dude. I like having all this news, but I also don't like having all this news, man. Well, get ready. By the time, like, in a couple of episodes, we have the trade deadline, so it's not going to slow down any bit. Let's get some wins, man. That's all I care about. Alex, thanks so much, man. Talk to you next week. Thank you, man.